0: Hey, I can be
1: the answer. I'm ready to dance when the answer. And when I hit that bitch, camera. You can see I've been that bitch since the pamper. And that I am that bitch since the beacon. Hi, it's Ari. Welcome to Basil Archives, where we discover our shadow cells. This episode, I'll be bringing on my dear friend, Maya. And this episode is called The Pattern. So Maya is a business owner and a healer. So say hello, Maya hi guys good morning (laughs) okay so introduce yourself well i am currently a
0: blog writer as well as i just started a patreon so that i could connect more with my community but basically i am teaching about mental wealth health and wellness within the black woman community
1: yes i love that Okay, so as you know, on my podcast, we do a WTF moment, which is basically realizations that we had today or this week. So do you have any um, WTF moments that you would like to share? Yes. Um, One of the WTF moments that I had this
0: week was actually a friend that I recently met. She's a really cool girl, but it's not hard for me to pinpoints someone's insecurities Um, I know that sounds weird but the the WTF moment was the fact that I feel that I've been attracting friends who are attracted to me because there is a certain part of me that I feel like they think that I'll bring a certain spark out of them as far as like I feel like I'm a very outgoing, confident person. Even though I'm pretty to myself, I have that aura about myself. So I feel like I always attract people who are kind of the opposite, who kind of have like a more silently insecure um, energy about themselves. So I don't know how big of a WTF moment that was, but it was pretty big because I, I feel like that's something that I'm trying to currently work on is to learn how to discern what type of friends I allow around me and like what their intentions are before I allow the relationship to get way too far. Because some people will like covertly tell you what they think about you without even Mm -hmm. saying it out loud. Like someone will say, oh, you're so bougie just because I'm washing my face with a, a cool cleanser that I like. And I'm like, I feel like those moments definitely teach me when to see what someone is around me for. Before, I just kind of allow anybody to be my friend. And now I'm kind of seeing like certain people gravitate towards me because there's something that they're looking for. So I think that's a big WTF moment for me because beforehand, I would kind of be friends with anyone who just had a good vibe or they vibe with me. But now I kind of see it's necessary to look more in depth about people's intentions or what they see in me before allowing them to get. Too close, and then it becomes something like a jealousy type of thing. You know, those friends who kind of like they're friends with you, but deep down they be side eyeing you.
1: Yeah, but that I feel like that's real because, especially when we're in like places that we don't really know, I think that happens to a lot of mm-hmm. people. Even me, it happened to me a lot. Like people would use me for like the material or like the way I looked, but they didn't really like me. And it's like, I don't want those type of yeah, people around, I sure. want like people that have the same energy as me and the same soul as me and to like pour back into each other as a friendship
0: yeah 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 I don't want to be the friend who just makes you look good like WTF for real for real I don't want to be that girl
1: but yeah I'm glad that you like realized that so you know how to like move on forward like if you want to be their friend or not or if you want to include them in certain things and like so that exactly. just makes you a little bit more cautious of like who you have in your life moving forward for sure I would say my WTF moment was that I realized that everything is interconnected in some kind of way and what I mean by that is like mm-hmm. even if you're going through a hard time or something like you're in a rut I feel like it's all for your greater good and all for your greater purpose or even like something as small as having a conversation can like change your day. So that's very true.
0: Just to piggyback off what you said about being in a rut, I was watching a somewhat of a podcast yesterday like a visual podcast and the guy was basically Mm -hmm. saying that there is literally a solution to every problem because if a problem exists that means that there is also a solution that follows so whenever you're in a rut that interconnectedness definitely lets you know that the the solution is not far behind
1: that's something that i really needed to hear because i literally pulled my cards and i got the tower right Mm, girl me too (laughs) but tell me the app the app that you uh told me to use I was scrolling through that and I was like okay this is accurate Mm -hmm. and then they gave me the tower too Mm. and I was like oh my god okay so I need to stop resisting change like even if you don't uh, stop resisting change change. that
0: tower is it don't give a damn it's gonna make you stop resisting change because once that time is like ready to set in or once that energy is ready to set in for that transition to go ahead and happen like yeah it's going to happen and it's going to be abrupt but it would be perfect timing for you to be prepared and accepting and open armed to those changes regardless of what they are but preparation is key cuz them tower moments child will have you on your ass for a couple of weeks
1: and I don't need that. And I need to listen because I feel like for the past couple of weeks, they've been like, okay, change, 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 transformation. And I'll just be like, la, blah, blah, like, it's okay. Right. <laughs> and uh, I feel like Spirit's like, okay, but. <laughs> okay, but like, you're not listening. Because I feel like this is the year of like growing into my true self and my authentic self. Mm-hmm. And they like, okay, so you played around too much. Now it's time to get serious. Now it's time to, like, step into your purpose, step into your bag. Mm-hmm. And you trying to play. <laughs> oh,
0: and this was a five-year. 2021 was a five-year. So this year was all about loss, grievances, um, like, losing material things, just, like, a lot of transformations. And this year pretty much was a tower moment itself, I realized. But next year in 2022 Mm -hmm. is a six year and the six year represents the lover's car as well as just harmonious relationships. The number six is ruled by Venus. So I feel like we can expect that everything we lost this year will come back tenfold next year and we can better like hone in on those relationships that we lost this year and how to connect with more genuine and authentic people create better relationships within our business lives Mm -hmm. as well as our home lives. So I feel like if you feel like you're kind of still stagnant right now or you're not sure where to go because of what you lost this year, just take a little bit of time out, maybe Mm -hmm. just this weekend to really figure out what it is about, 2022 that you want to focus on as far as the relationship you have with everyone around you, your business, your friends, personal relationship, even with yourself, you
1: know? Mm-hmm. That's real. And tomorrow is the uh, Gemini full moon as well. I'm scared. I'm actually <laughs> kind of excited. Really? Yeah. Cause I just need to like get into Get into my center, get into my bag. And I feel like that would just be the perfect time to do it. But also, a lot of things are going on tomorrow. So I need to be maybe in the house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. But okay, let's get into this episode. So, this episode. is about growing out of your patterns and shifting into new ones, which is crazy because we both had the tower card. <laughs> well, I didn't have the tower card. I pulled the tower card for myself
0: yesterday on that oh, app. I didn't okay. even look, but I'm gonna look
1: later. <laughs> yeah, I pulled the I pulled the tower card today for myself. Okay, so okay. Maya, what event led you to start your spiritual journey?
0: So this year, um I definitely feel that what guided me the most to be serious about my spiritual journey or take a big leap of faith in my spiritual journey was the relationship that I had or for lack thereof with my family. And um, it kind of started at this time last year when I was doing really good in my business and I felt like you know, I was making a good amount of money for myself just doing things independently. And I didn't really have that support that I craved from the people closest to me. So once I realized that their energy was just really Mm -hmm. off, it started to bleed (laughs) into my energy. Like, you know, their lack of encouragement made me lack encouragement for myself to the point where I was like, I don't even feel happy for myself a lot of times when I know I should. So I had to really be insightful, I guess. I had to really put that energy into perspective. Like, even though these people are my family, how important is family if they're not treating you like family? And that, that to even have to question that, to even have to question them, their intentions, for sure, that started my spiritual journey because I knew that. That was just energy that I didn't want in my life. But to be estranged from my family wasn't what I wanted either. So it was definitely a tug and pull between deciding like who's more important, my feelings and me or the opinions of my family who may never, never support me the way that I want. So what kickstarted my spiritual journey Mm -hmm. was me standing up for myself, being vocal about how their um, unsupportive energy just was like really breaking me down. And I could tell that it didn't really matter to them that it was breaking me down because it was intentional. So, um, I decided to just, you know, start my own life outside of like wanting to gain their approval and the things that I was doing. And I I just, I just moved states and started a new life for myself.
1: I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Like Realized that and you like stood up for yourself and created those boundaries because that's really important especially when it comes to family um it's also important to have boundaries yeah. as well so how does your life now code or you're just trying to get your bearings right now so how do you cater to your inner child right now
0: well as a child I used to move around a lot like I went to five different elementary schools, two different middle schools, two different high schools, so I'm not a stranger to moving around a lot. So when I decided to move, it was just another move for me, but it was a big move, like a a whole nother state move. Um, And I wasn't that scared. I was more so excited. I have Sagittarius in my second house, so I don't mind traveling if, you know, if if it's time to get up and move somewhere, I'm moving. I don't really care. (laughs) But as far as my inner child, I know that she craves stability. So I have to be more intentional about where I lay my head and the people that I'm around so that I can make sure that I'm gauging like the amount of safety that I have around me. Because, like I said, moving around a lot as a child kind of put me in like scary positions where I was always in spaces that were unfamiliar to me. And I had to hurry up and assume like what energy I had to imitate, you know, around me so that I wouldn't be harmed. But in this space right here, I feel like it's important for me to hone in on telling my inner child that she's safe, that she can be comfortable, that she can be herself. I do inner child healing by um, journaling daily. I do shadow work at the end of every week just to like gauge what experiences shifted my perspective of life. It's just really important for me to connect with myself in those small ways so that I don't go around like being a fake adult. Because like adulting really can make you feel like you're on autopilot to me.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're not present.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I do little things, like I kiss my body before stressful events. Something I definitely wanted for myself was to get therapy because you know, a lot of people don't really see therapy as necessary. They see it as a luxury mm-hmm. and it's not a luxury at all. Um, we all yeah. have trauma. <laughs> so I definitely believe that you know, mental health and wellness is something that we should take more seriously. And I advocate for it all the time. So it's definitely been something that I've been proud of myself for doing to get help within that field, because, you know, a lot of the behaviors that we currently have in adulthood are just the things that we never got over in childhood. So that is definitely a big thing that my inner child healing has helped me with.
1: hmm. That's very important. Inner child healing is so important because that's sure. where we were making like the primal decisions and like the first relationships with our parents and even the world. Yep. Yeah. Definitely
0: the world. I think I mentioned the first six years of our lives um, is when our, I believe it's the pineal gland, but don't quote me. Um, but that's when okay. <laughs> that's when we like are basically learning what the world is between the first one and six years. So we learn the relationships with our parents. We learn the relationships with people of authority, even people in in the playground. And we learn and we we see how people treat us based on their actions towards us, their words towards us, their their behaviors, and the safety that we have. So literally within the first six years, you're already kind of telling yourself either I'm worthy or I'm not worthy. And you may not even remember the first six years of your life, but subconsciously Mm -hmm. you do. And as an adult, you could still be telling yourself that you're not worthy because of something that happened when you were four years old. So it definitely is important for us to dig, dig deeper into like our subconscious minds and the experiences that built us literally but you know a lot of those experiences are just covered with like other experiences mm-hmm. as we get older they're just kind of like bricks on bricks on bricks on bricks and it some people don't really want to unbuild that house within themselves because it's like
1: damn i gotta really like
0: know myself people don't want to know themselves because it's, it's scary
1: yeah it is scary (laughs) it is very it's scary at times but it holds so many answers it does and once you like actually even deep dive a little bit you'll find out so much and it'll just make you feel so much better and so much more clear about what you need to do how you feel about yourself it's just it holds all the power so What led you to create Honeycuff Co. and all your other businesses? What generational trauma did you have that came up for you during this process?
0: Okay, so this year I started um, Honeycuff Co. when I was in the worst depressive episode of my life. And I needed an outlet. I just needed to use my hands for something, so I just started making jewelry, and it really livened my mood. I think that was earlier this year when, I'm not sure if we went on lockdown lockdown earlier this year, but in Atlanta, it just wasn't safe to be outside. I know that much. Mm I was, I was wanting a piercing so bad, but I just didn't think it was safe. So I just started making my own nose jewelry. And after a while, I was like, I might as well sell this because it's really cute. So I started that business and I got a lot of, I got a lot of good engagement. I got a lot of um, really popular social media influencers that really loved my business, honestly. And I was really proud of me just starting that off the you know, strength of just wanting to do something with my hands. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, I started to realize I didn't love it anymore. I wasn't like, I wasn't as in love with it as I was when it was a hobby. When I made it into a business, um, I was excited for how much engagement I received and how many orders I got and, you know, how many people were telling me that they love my creations. But I guess that flows into the intergenerational trauma question was I didn't feel worthy of having a business anymore because I was like, I created this business when I was depressed and I still am. So I knew that I wasn't able to like follow through with a lot of the showing up process. I -hmm. I wasn't always able to show up when it was most necessary. And um, that kind of upset me because even when I wanted to show up, even when I wanted to do better, I was like, I really don't want to. And I don't have to. And I'm not going to. <laughs> the intergenerational trauma also was kind of like, uh, I, I, my parents were um, business owners. So were my grandparents. They both had their own businesses. And because of you know, growing growing up around entrepreneurs, I felt obligated to follow through with the business that I created just out of like guilt, shame. I felt like if I gave up, I was a failure. So I kept going, I kept pushing myself and I kept doing the business thing. But after a while, I was just like, I'm hurting inside. Like, I truly don't like this shit no more. Like, I don't want to do it no more. And If I give up, is my family going to look at me like a failure? And it was more so just about like, you know, craving validation again. I just had to choose myself once again and say, okay, even though this is a business Mm. that got pretty popular, um, I I loved it in the beginning. And, you know, it, it is even something that I would continue to do within the next couple of months, you know, down the line, once I get in a better headspace to be a business owner. But right now I can't show up the way that a person is supposed to when you have a business. So I had to let go of that title or label of being a failure in whoever's eyes because nobody's running the business but me. So if I quote unquote fail, like who, who else is going to be harmed by it? You know. Yeah. So I had to just choose myself. And that's something that the women in my family are not big on doing. They're kind of like, well, if you don't stick it out and if you don't keep going, then you're you're a failure. If you give up, you're a failure. If you just so happen to not follow through what you, what, what you said you were going to do, you're a failure, like point blank, period. So that was just something that always kept ringing true in the back of my head. But I'm like, damn, like you know, I I don't really believe that I'm a failure if I decide that this is just something that's not working for me. And that's necessary to tell yourself, because if you always keep yourself in situations and environments that are not working for you, but you feel obligated to stay just because you initially wanted to be there and you feel like you got to stay forever. That's like a mental prison, a physical prison. You don't actually want to be there. So I had to choose myself in that situation and say, okay, there are other endeavors I would love to dibble and dabble in. And I'm still young. I still have the opportunity to restart this business better when I'm in a better mindset to do so, as well as um, just venture out and try other things without speaking on it first, just get, you know, my feet in the water and just explore. Like, I don't want to tie myself down to anything just to say, hey, I have a business, you know, it's not, it's not always a cookie cutter type thing like that
1: yeah no that that's really true because we as humans tend to like put other people in boxes and subconsciously we put ourselves in boxes like even with Mm -hmm. me I started two other businesses and I wasn't really grounded in that business it wasn't really making me happy like I started my fashion line but I was trying to also do psychology and also do healing and I was like this is not this is not my willpower like this is a hobby but do I really want to make money from it do I really like sewing for other people I like sewing clothes for myself like I want to keep this for myself yeah and I feel like since I was putting so much like willpower and yeah. everything into it I feel like people probably looked at me as like I'm a quitter, I'm a failure, but I don't see myself as that because I'm actually doing something I absolutely love. Like I'm doing psychology. I am helping people (laughs) heal. And like that's just the best joy because that's all I ever wanted. Like when I actually sat down and thought about all the jobs I had in my life and what was my continuous ingo, it was to help people. But validation got sucked up into it as well. So Mm -hmm. I was just focused on the validation, but also the money, but also my true purpose. And I was like, let's just strip that. okay? let's go straight to what you actually want to do. And then the (laughs) money and the success and everything will come after. You don't have to worry about that now. So absolutely.
0: Do you feel like the clothing... Um, endeavor was more of like an inner child thing.
1: Yes, it was because I actually did want to be a fashion designer when I was a child. I had like a sketchbook. I used to draw and everything. And my grandmother actually taught me how to sew when I was seven. So that was definitely a catalyst to like heal our relationship as well. Mm -hmm. But when I got my first commission, I was like, I don't like that, I don't like sewing for other people. This is stressful. (laughs) this is not what I like I like making outfits for myself and showing them off no seriously (laughs) like once I got that
0: intuitive nudge like I don't want other people to have my creations I realized that it was my inner child thing I realized that I'm doing this for me but you know, we live in such a capitalistic society where people are always pushing you to monetize your hobbies. And it's like, I don't want other people to have my stuff. I just wanted to make this because I'm an artistic person and I'm very creative. And I do this as a means of like, you know, this is just an outlet for me. Um, And monetizing our hobbies has been so detrimental to like our inner child. Cause now you put yourself back in adult. mode. Now you put yourself back on autopilot and then you hate it. And then it's like, I don't even want to touch clothes no more, or I don't even want to touch jewelry right now. Cause damn, I'm scared. Somebody going to want me to make some for them.
1: <laughs> but you know, it's even crazier. Just the other day, I was talking to my mom and I have for you guys that don't know, I do have a 13 year old sister and my mom was like, London wants all these things. She needs to start a business. I'm like London is only 13 like she has so much time to explore hobbies and she was just comparing her to her friend while she sells candles and I'm like she's 13 Mm I have to monetize on her hobby
0: yeah honestly I feel like that's that's what parents do like they force you to feel like if you're not making money by a certain age you're just not doing enough like you're you're just being lazy and um that's not true. I mean, that's how they feel about themselves more than anything that if you're not making enough money to support your livelihood, then you're just like you're being lazy. She's 13 though, and I know that a lot of 13-year-olds do things like these girls make money off YouTube for playing with dolls. <laughs> like I I get the desire to want to yeah. like monetize the the simple things that seem like don't take a lot of effort, but it's stressful. It's really stressful to put yourself on a pedestal where you're like, well, just because I can do this and that, I should be making money. But that's just not always the case. And I I really don't think it's necessary to compare children like, you know, that makes them feel belittled.
1: Mm -hmm. And I feel like parents don't really realize that. I'm not going to lie.
0: I think they do. Like, I think they do. And that's the point. Like, I really had to stop giving adults that leeway. Like, I don't think they realize this and that. Like, in all honesty, I think they Mm. do. And that's why they do it. Because otherwise, you have supportive parents who know better. So the opposite is someone who, quote unquote, doesn't know better. But I feel like those parents definitely know what the hell they're doing. And that's why they say it, because that's what was maybe said to them. And they think that, you know, this is the only way I can get through to you so that you can become more like who I want you to be. Like my mother did me.
1: That's toxic.
0: toxic That's really toxic. And that's, ooh, get into it get into it a lot of people it's a pattern it really is
1: it really is I already talked about this on um an episode but basically toxic femininity it's basically when the woman can be toxic because of their generational trauma and even by the way they view the world through the male and misogynistic gaze yeah and so they don't really, they don't really yeah. use their discernment yeah, for positivity and to uplift, but to tear down and corrupt others. Yeah. Especially like I had, I had a couple, I have a couple of women in my family that show toxic femininity, but I learned Very that so. it is better to speak up than not to say anything because they continue to do it.
0: Yeah. I definitely feel the same way and I've had, I have the same experience, but for me, I don't have any positive feminine role models in my life and that upset me really bad. I was actually even telling my little sister that I was just kind of like, I wish that we did have at least one woman in our lives who like taught us something positive. And I felt like I took on that energy of like being the nurturer because I was trying to make up for the lack of positive feminine energy in the family, but it took a lot of a toll on me. Cause I'm like, I'm up here giving the girls like <laughs> whole lessons on how to be a woman, but nobody's teaching me how to be a woman. Like I'm learning off the strength of just going through, you know, um, trial and error type situations. And you know, that's, that's really heavy. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Once I I started to speak up about how the patterns of like not being a supportive woman takes a toll on the women under you or the women who are looking up to you. um, It just sends that message down. Like there's no point in really being a strong woman. There's no point in being like a necessarily, I don't want to say independent. I don't even want to say strong. I actually hate the term strong Black woman, because I don't want to be perceived as strong all the time, actually. Like, I want to be served. I want to Mm -hmm. receive with ease. Like, I don't want to feel like I have to go walk a thousand miles to get the things that are necessary to my existence. And that's something I also wasn't taught. So it's just... Breaking a lot of generational traumas has been, like, really eye-opening to me because I feel like I'm asking questions that nobody else either wanted to or cared to or felt was necessary.
1: So, how did you heal from it? (sighs) Well... I, I'm in therapy. So
0: (laughs) I, I definitely feel like healing is not a one and done thing. We're going to be healing for the rest of our lives. We're Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I, I feel that a lot of people try to heal through their children instead of healing themselves. Um, but I feel like the healing that I'm doing right now is going to like birth an energy of, positivity into the children that I may or may not have, but what I'm currently doing to heal that is to intentionally surround myself with women who I can trust. I said earlier that my WTF moment was realizing that women, uh, for some reason, I noticed the pattern that a lot of the girls that I was best friends with or just friends with in general in my past didn't have good relationships with their mothers. Like we all have broken relationships with our mothers, but I'm such a nurturer. I'm such a giver. And I always felt like I was the mom friend. I always was the therapist friend and I will always attract broken women. Like they're always like, oh, you're so this, you're so that you must come from a really wealthy or well off background. And I'm like, no, babe, like my childhood was terrible and I don't have a good relationship with my mom, but it was because that I do the work. I do the healing. I don't want to be stuck in a place where, you know, I'm, I'm just confused mm-hmm. about where to move as a woman or how to move as a woman. It's, it's really dangerous to not know your worth, your potential your your the abundance that you create simply by being a woman and a lot of people want to suppress that energy because it makes others fearful it makes others intimidated and I don't care you know but (laughs) yeah like I, I don't care because the the other on the other hand I would have to be timid and shy and pretend that I'm you know, I don't see myself as worthy so that someone else can validate me. And I don't need validation from other people. But that's definitely Mm -hmm. one of those pick me um, energies that I I learned in my early childhood that my mom taught me because she was a pick me. And as I got older, I was just like, I don't want to be that girl. Like men aren't even that important like they don't really bring to the table the things that they say they do or that they or that we expect them to um so currently in my healing process I've just taken men off the pedestal this is just currently I've taken men off the pedestal and put myself there and I'm just pouring back into myself in the ways that I feel I should have been poured into as a as a young girl and as a woman by the feminine energies in my life
1: That's so powerful. That's so powerful. I actually just learned something about like honing in your dark feminine energy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. What did you learn? That basically dark feminine energy it's just really honing into your power and using your power. And like you said, not looking for validation, not looking for answers in others, but actually stepping into your power, stepping into your essence, your sexiness, and really loving yourself, but pouring back into others as well and using that to your advantage, but not, not manipulating, but just going back into your true authentic energy because you know like a lot of us like you said look for the validation in other people men women and it's like no (laughs) we put ourselves back on the pedestal
0: yeah literally and that's so powerful to do because a lot of people just want you to um I feel like they want you to, like, keep grabbing, grasping for straws in, in the daily life of, like, being a woman. They want you to accept help from any place and not really feel confident in your ability to just be, to just receive. I, I feel like that's a really big thing for me right now is to be comfortable with <clears throat> receiving. Um, And I guess that can kind of tie into the dark feminine energy because, we have like this toxic femininity where we, where we kind of have this ideal or expectation of women to be dependent, <clears throat> but not in the way where it's like, uh, it's, not, it's not a receiving energy. It's not a flow-based energy. It's kind of like a stuck, stagnant energy. Like you have to receive from people, like more like a handout. Like you just don't have, it's like a lack mindset. I should say. Um, Mm. On the other hand, receiving is more like everything that I desire is owed to me and I receive it with ease, other than like, oh, I don't have this and I need it so bad that I will do anything to get it. You see the difference? It's like one of them is a lack mindset. The other one is like, even if I don't have something right now, I know that I'm going to get it and I'm worthy of receiving it and it's going to be here in no time. So, um that's definitely something I learned too I, I feel like wow. I've always been in my dark femininity if you're familiar with astrology in the Lilith are you aware of Lilith yes I
1: have a Scorpio I, Lilith
0: no <laughs> way me
1: too yes, do. You do? <laughs> <laughs> okay this so is about each other all the time bro that is but, hilarious
0: yeah. okay yeah Scorpio Lilith girls that's my girl yeah because um, I feel like we were already in our dark femininity, like from birth, like we already knew that we were having to be those generational trauma breakers from women before us who were just like, uh, oppressed, I, I guess for lack of better words, yeah. they were just oppressed and, yeah, and um,
1: were.
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I saw that they were in these mindsets of, well, if my man can't do it, you know, oh, what's the, what's the, um from Everybody Hates Chris, my man works two jobs. <laughs> I don't have to worry. <laughs> but I don't want to be that girl. Like, even if my man do work two jobs, like, I'm okay with being a housewife. But at the same time, I would like to have my own endeavors that pour into me.
1: Yeah, I at least want to be doing, like, some water aerobics or something. 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 <laughs> something, something that empowers something me. Yeah. Out. I need to have like book
0: clubs or something. I don't think, like. girl, because I think the stay at home wife is more of the, I think that's like that black girl luxury thing, like being a stay at home mom. And I'm just like, that's not the only way you can be living in luxury is to be living off a man. Like, what if that man go broke tomorrow? um me and my kids is on the street mm. huh and that's scary i i would rather not have that happen to me so i think it's necessary to step into that quote unquote dark feminine energy where you feel like or not feel like but you know that you don't have to depend on anyone because regardless of where that man is getting his money you have your own everything like everything and you you don't mm. have to depend on anyone um, in in a patriarchal and misogynistic society, we kind of feel like we put relationships on a pedestal. And like I just said earlier, I have to take men off of that pedestal because they don't be given what it's supposed to give. And I'm tired. I'm tired of putting relationships mm-hmm. on pedestals. I, I just want to date myself, honestly, at this moment.
1: I feel like I'm in the season of like dating myself, but even to like piggyback of what you just said about men relationships even with women I've learned that it's more of a give and take Mm -hmm. of energy poor and it's not just like the woman the other woman does everything like it's very equal and very um, harmonious in that way but Mm -hmm. right now I feel like it's just better to nurture myself and to condition the relationship that I have with myself because then I will know if that relationship is for me and also not put that relationship on a pedal as well. Yeah, for sure. So what patterns are you currently shifting from, Maya?
0: This year was really big on self-sabotage. I went back and forth with myself about what I deserved and what I felt like I was asking for out of lack. And so I had a hard time differentiating like, what was best for me and what other people wanted that they felt was best for me and i definitely have um a tendency mm-hmm. to like allow people's outside perspectives or opinions to sway my judgment of what i know is best and that was a pattern i definitely had to break this year because i realized that even though people want the best for you they want the best for you in their eyes but they don't want better for you. And that requires a lot of discernment because I realized what people were telling me that they thought was best for me was actually what they would have wanted for themselves if they were me. And I realized they were, they were pinning like their own insecurities and their own projections onto my situation that if I were to take their advice, I would probably be worse off than I was before I took it. So a pattern that I'm breaking, is just not listening to other people's opinions. Like I could literally give less of a fuck about what anybody has to say about my situation ever, because I'm the only person who is walking this path, um, by myself. So, you know, I, I'm not, holding anyone's hand. I really don't care Mm -hmm. to take anyone's advice. Now, if it's positive and constructive advice, I don't mind. But a lot of the time I realize humans project, humans project all day and they'll, they'll only tell you something from the perspective that they've experienced it. So when someone gives you an opinion or they give you advice, it's only because of what they are capable of knowing within the realm of what they've already experienced. So that's that's definitely a pattern I had to break this year was to just experience things for myself stop yeah. asking for validation or stop asking for opinions um from other people because you know validation was a big thing for me in the past but now I just care more about I ask my inner child for advice you know um I ask my higher self for advice or I ask my spirit guides for advice but other than that like Regular human people who are going through the same thing as me. I don't care what you think. That's that's just that.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they don't see your vision like you see your vision. If yeah. any, you've already seen your highest potential self.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so, what are you calling in for the new year?
0: Okay, so for the new year, I would definitely love to travel um I know that I traveled this year to a new state in a new city but I would like to call in the energy of just being able to travel to more explorative places like I would love to just get out of America for a while um even like stay in a I don't know like go to a new country just meet new people new experiences with other people's cultures like Mm -hmm. I think it's necessary to do that because we all live on the same planet but why would you want to stay in the same city in the same state that you've been in your whole life so I would love to call in new experiences where I'm I'm more explorative with my endeavors um I'm actually wanting to go to Bali or Bali soon because like their culture is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I'm calling in is better relationships. I did mention that this is a six year, so I would definitely love to cultivate better relationships with myself, with my businesses that I create, with the friendships that I have, as well as the business relationships that I have, just relationships in general, like Really building them from the ground up with more intention because I realized that the relationships I had in the past were just there because they were just there. Like they were just always there. So I held on to them out of fear or out of lack that I wouldn't find something better. But this year, I didn't have any choice but to let those relationships go. So I'm definitely calling in more intentional soul and heart based relationships in this coming new year for sure.
1: I love that. I love that because you definitely mentioned you didn't really mention materialistic like goals. You mentioned like soul goals. And I love that because those things can ultimately bring yes. your materialistic goals in the future.
0: Exactly. Also calling in better money management skills. Um yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have a good relationship with money when I had a lot of money or would I you know, claim to be a lot of money, I spent it on things that I needed, but I spent it out of lack and so I do want to call in, I guess, a better relationship with money as well. This, this is kind of still the relationship thing. But having a better relationship with money is definitely necessary because the way that we look at money, the way that we spend money, but the way that we even cultivate a positive and healthy relationship, the way that we nurture our money is something that I have to call in mm-hmm. for myself because I did grow up in poverty. So I never had a good relationship with money like ever um, and I didn't have anybody to teach me what it meant to have a good relationship with money It always stemmed from like, where's the next meal coming from? Or where's the next bill? How's the next bill going to get paid type thing? So once I actually did get money, I didn't see, you know, the correlation between having a past of poverty. And when I finally got money, I was afraid to make more money. I was ultimately afraid of success. Because I was like, if I get too much money, damn, like, what am I going to do between having too much money and coming from not having money at all? Um, And I guess that's something that frightened me. So yeah, I definitely want to cultivate a better relationship with that energy of money so that I can be more comfortable with receiving.
1: Mm. Mm. It's basically like balancing your feminine energy and masculine energy to like bring that forth because you also got to you don't have to Mm -hmm. work that hard for money but just know how to manage it but also being using your feminine energy to like call it in and receive it and to nurture it and to grow it and so just balancing those two energies to work together I feel like I'm I'm working on that definitely right now just to find like the duality and the balance in it all.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And there is a duality and balance in everything. It's that yin and yang energy. And if we're only tapping into the yin energy, or if on the other hand, we're only tapping into that yang energy, it just throws everything off. You can't have one without the other. So if you do have one without the other, you are in a lack mindset and you can't really receive the full perspective and the full energy of what it is that you're receiving because you're kind of just in this one energy of like either just receiving or only knowing how to give that's definitely something that I had to let go of because Mm -hmm. this year I was definitely heavy in my masculine energy like I had a problem with asking for help. I had a problem with receiving help. I had a problem with all of those things that I genuinely needed because I needed help. I needed to ask. I needed to receive without feeling guilty. And that masculine energy made me feel like, no, just do it yourself. Don't ask for help. Don't don't look for handouts because you don't deserve that. And I was like, uh, I got to heal because that ain't
1: it. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to me right now. Like everything you're saying, I'm like damn
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah It's, it's also um the lack of a father figure and this is definitely a pattern that I noticed in my family that there was a lack of father figures even when the men were present it was still the lack of a father figure there like it wasn't giving the energy of protection and guidance and hmm, what other word could I think of? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess it's like even though I had a father figure in my life, I didn't have a father figure in my life. That's like such a contradictory statement, but it it just
1: right, because it makes sense, Maya though. Yeah. Because the same thing for me, like even though he was there he wasn't really there in the ways that I needed him to be like protective, nurturing, even like to teach me different things, like to build things for me. Like, it's just those little bitty things. So it's not really contradictory to say that he was there, but he wasn't because he was like, wasn't there emotionally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was just physically, like I saw you, I saw you there. I knew you were there. I knew you were present, but uh, my body doesn't feel that way. My body doesn't know you. Like visually I see you, but physically I'm just like, you know, you're kind of just an, an entity. You're just here. And um, that definitely guided a lot of the disharmony that I had in my relationships with men, dating wise, and even seeing men as like figures that I deemed respectable. For the most part, I don't respect men, <laughs> unfortunately. And that's something that I've had to walk myself out of because you know that that stemmed from my home life like I just never respected men like I will get so rowdy with men (laughs) off just the strength of like me feeling like you don't respect me and that's something that I had to take myself out of because I was in such a masculine energy I never felt protected by men so I had to feel like I had to take the role of a masculine energy to protect myself
1: yeah but you don't have to
0: yeah. I I know now that that was like a really bad space I was in feeling like unprotected by men um for always seeing men as a threat. You know? So, yeah, stepping into that dark feminine energy and feeling like I can just be comfortable in my femininity without feeling like men are a threat to my existence was something that I definitely honed in on this year for sure.
1: Yeah, that shit is powerful because the men hate is not it the woman hate Even though, even it's not. It's not not it. It's like I just rather be in my own energy, my balanced energy, and you do what you do over there, and I, I'm holding in my energy over there. And it's of course because all that hate in your heart is not serving (laughs) nobody. Seriously, it's really not. If anything, is harming yourself. Okay, so that leads me to the last question. How do you believe that everything is interconnected? Um.
0: Okay, well, I can give an instance that happened to me the other day where I was leaving therapy, actually, and I was just in a good headspace. I don't mind speaking about it. I did get diagnosed with bipolar disorder the other day, and it really took a lot off of my shoulder because I was always like wondering if there was something, quote unquote, wrong with me. But... All my life, I was just kind of told that I was gifted and I was just really smart or I was just really creative. But when I would have my bouts of depression, then I didn't get those same accolades. And it always threw me for a loop, like really confused about my existence in its entirety. So I took the initiative to go get diagnosed properly the other day. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that so that I can be more aware of how to navigate my life now that I truly know like what's going on inside of me, but also when I was leaving therapy, um, I was just walking down the street thinking like, I wonder if I could find like $100 just laying on the ground like that'd be cool. But I was like, who just finds $100 laying on the ground? Because that's just random. Like, if somebody dropped $100, $100, I'm sure they know. But that's besides the point. Um, So I was like, money flows to me frequently, easily, abundantly. (laughs) Money is everywhere. Money is, like, it's it's just an energy. Like, I receive money all the time without really having to work hard for it. So I was walking past this um, car repair shop. And literally, I looked to my right. And there was a wad of money rolling down the driveway towards me. And I'm looking around like, does anybody see that? <laughs> does anybody see that money right there? So I went up the little driveway and I put my foot down on top of the money and I slid it towards me. And I was like, whoa, that is definitely the definition of interconnectedness because I was just thinking how easy it is for money to flow to me with so much ease and so much abundance without me having to work for it. And just like that, it happened. And I was thinking, you know, what would have happened if I took a couple of minutes longer in my therapy session to come out and I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have saw that? Or what if I didn't turn that same corner down the street thinking that, you know? So I definitely feel like everything is divinely guided. I definitely feel like me being there that day was divinely guided. And even then, the money was literally in front of a car that had the tag. Her license plate was 2323. So I looked it up, and that number is um, an angel number about manifestation. So it it was all interconnected, Mm. for sure. It was beautiful. Very beautiful.
1: Wow. Wow. (laughs) I love that. Wow. I love that. Mm, I love that so much this is actually the season finale it is my longest episode to date and I'm so glad that you were a part of it (laughs) thank you so much for having me we
0: have the most beautiful conversations
1: we do thank you for having me and thank you for being a part of my podcast also Maya's information will be in the show notes you can connect with her on her blog also her patreon also if you stayed this long we have a patreon as well so please join the community and i can't wait to connect with y'all later bye bye guys i've been that that been that been
0: that been that